listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 15th of August 2022. Our profit reporting season continues and uh, later we'll get a, a closer read from those profits on the global economy and the local consumer. But first, to my interview with Bendigo and Adelaide Bank CEO Marnie Baker, the bank posted a cash profit of $500 million for the full year, up 9.4%. A full year dividend will be paid of 53 cents per share. However, its net interest margins have fallen over the past 12 months. The rising interest rate environment should help it. But what about its customers? So for more, I spoke earlier with Money Baker. I guess one of the things that makes you a little different is the community banking model. But you're, you're saying that you're reviewing that model now. What exactly does that mean? And how could it look different, say, in a few years compared to what it looks like today? Oh, there's a huge opportunity uh, for us with that model. Uh, it's 24 years now, coming up 25 next year, since we learnt, launched the first community bank. And it's been hugely successful and growing year on year. Um, but we do know that uh, people are now have a lot more options available. And whilst that model was born out of uh, physical and geographical locations, if you remember, there was a need at the time uh, banks were exiting geographical areas, uh, but nowadays people have a lot more options in relation to even online and digital banking. And so we're thinking about, you know, what does this model look like for another 25 years um, and how do we adapt that so that we get to a, a much broader uh, customer base that's not necessarily only defined by the geography you live in, um, but your community of interest as well. So there's some pretty exciting stuff to come. You've said today also that the economic path out of COVID has become a little bumpy. What do you mean by that? And how is the bank placed to weather that bumpy environment? Yeah, well, you're saying, you know, we expected that interest rates would increase at some point in time. Um, they were emergency settings that we're in. Um, so that is good to see that we're sort of normalising. But inflation, I think, has got uh, ahead of us all. Um, and so that's made it a little bumpier. That sort of rolls into wage inflation, et cetera. Um, so they're the sort of things that we are, um, you know, we are monitoring and we're watching watching really closely because they do, you know, and, and will have an impact on our business, um, but also on our customers, whether they be borrowers um, and depositors. Can we talk about those customers in more detail and this rising interest rate environment? Are you starting to see any pressure come through from your home loan customers? And are there any differences between, I guess, your regional or perhaps some of your city-based customers when it comes to the ability to, to repay their loans or even credit quality? Yeah, well, the good thing is over the last couple of years, um, you know, our customers have built up savings buffers and a number of our customers, especially our borrowers, have been making um, uh, more repayments than they need or higher repayments than they needed to. So there's some real buffer there for them. I think we've got about 43% of our borrowers are at least 12 months in advance of their repayments and 34% are two years uh, in advance of their, of their repayments. So they're actually set up very well, um, you know, for the future. Um, and, you know, if we're sort of extrap extrapolating out to what interest rates might do, and the Reserve Bank is talking about a two and a half to three and a half 
percent um, getting to that level uh, next year and then perhaps more sort of stabilising. Um, they are rates that we saw back in, in, in 2016 and I think the difference now, and, um, and I am generalising here, I, I am very mindful of those that are at the edges as well that, that may get into some difficulty, um, but, you know, what we're seeing today that is very different is that we're on a near on 50 year low um, in unemployment. So when people are employed, then they will spend and they will pay off their debt. And I think that's going to hold us in sort of good stead. And our balance sheet's really strong. It's in a really good position, credit quality, better than it's uh, ever been. Um, you know, so we're, we're leading into this bumpier ride. Um, you know, with very strong balance sheet and our borrowers uh, are especially in, a, in, you know, quite a robust um, uh, position. So that's the, the borrowers. What does it mean for the business? Because um, you've also said that credit growth and competition is expected to remain intense even as property values come down. So when will you eventually start seeing it benefit or come through uh, net interest margins? Yeah, so we... We will. So um, we're seeing that sort of come through um, in our um, wage inflation at the moment. We're seeing it sort of come through in costs from a from a business uh, perspective. Margins should you should see an uh, an expansion of margins as in a rising interest rate environment. But all of these factors absolutely will have some impact on our business sort of moving forward. And it's the balancing of all of these aspects. Uh, you know, is what we're focused on uh, for the future. A couple of final questions. We've spoken about home loan customers. We've spoken about the rising interest rate environment and impact on, on the business. But to what extent will the rising interest rate environment benefit your deposit customers? Yeah, well, hopefully it's good news for our deposit customers because, you know, they've uh, we always sort of talk about borrowers, but I've, the worry has been over these last few years with interest rates so low for our depositors. So hopefully this is good news for depositors as interest rates rise and as we're able to sort of pass through those uh, increased uh, 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 rates through to depositors and they start to get a better return uh, on their savings accounts with us and, and with banks in general. Finally, and just back on that point about the community banking model, uh, you touched on technology and how that's changing and that how that will f have a part. How is Bendigo and Adelaide Bank embracing technology from both a, a business standpoint and, and what's the customer going to be seeing? Yeah, so you're right to actually call out it's from two perspectives. So there's one about we can use technology within our business to improve our processes, improve the way that we're doing things, be more efficient, more productive, and create a better experience for our customers. But then also uh, a lot of the digital offerings that you're starting to, or you're seeing us um, uh, invest in, um, for example, the, the TikTok platform that we have a, an equity stake in and a partnership with uh, around home lending, um, up. Um, which is going great guns um, at the moment. We've just launched uh, the Up Home, um, which uh, is getting a huge amount of, of interest, and we'll be able to come back and talk about that, I'm sure, in the in the next half. And a lot of other things that they're doing that is quite unique um, to that sort of customer base, and unique in what you're seeing in banking and and providing a very differentiated uh, offering. So it's pretty exciting 
what technology is bringing to the fore now, like you said, both from a business perspective, but also, and probably more importantly, from a customer's perspective. Marnie Baker there, the CEO of Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. To the Australian share market now, which rose half percent, 7,064 on the 200. Some major profits also coming out from Blue Scope Steel and JB Hi-Fi. For more on that, I spoke earlier with David Burton-Jones from Aquitas Investment Partners. Our market is up today because Friday was a pretty strong day for US and European equities, particularly tech stocks. So we're seeing some of that catch up today and also some reasonably strong results coming through from corporate Australia to date over reporting season. More generally, though, the macroeconomic data has been quite supportive to equities with better than expected inflation data and better than expected labour market data also released over this past fortnight. And that, in turn, would suggest a less aggressive tightening cycle is needed and also the lesson the odds that we've accidentally dipped ourselves into a recession. You mentioned profit reporting season. Can we talk about a couple of them in more detail? First one, Blue Scope, fully profit up 135%. What do you make of its numbers? And more importantly, what does its report today say about global demand and where we are right now? Well, the, the price of steel went through the roof these past few years and it went up by an amount greater than the combined inputs to make steel, which are coke and coal and iron ore. As such, Blue Scope have been generating a very healthy steel-making spread and using that to buy back shares to increase their dividend, all very good things for shareholders. Mind you, that steel-making spread is starting to normalise as commodity prices come off the boil a touch, and in turn, that tells us that the economic boom times are moderating back towards something a little slower, but hopefully a little more sustainable too. Blue Scope's earnings guidance was actually a little weaker than the market was expecting. And I'd say that the time to buy highly cyclical stocks like Blue Scope is usually before the boom begins and to hopefully stage an exit before the boom unwinds. So while Blue Scope tells us a bit about the global environment, JB Hi-Fi co- focuses on the, the local environment, right? So it saw record sales and earnings. It is reflective of the consumer. Is there anything in JB Hi-Fi's results today that gives us an indication of how consumers are likely to behave as we see inflation and interest rates continue to rise? I, I think if there's one stock where you can't extrapolate how they are performing from the rest of the consumer sector, it's JBs. They seem able to pull a rabbit out of the hat each time, every time, really regardless of underlying conditions. Now, the monthly ABS retail sales data is telling us that discretionary spending is is moderating in the economy sharply. The CBA credit card data and management result commentary from their result last week is telling us that too, but it doesn't leap out at you in JB's numbers. Total sales grew by 4%, which is below where we think the rate of inflation has moved. And I, I do think that the other consumer stocks will have a much harder time of things into that higher interest rate environment and that they'll probably need to discount pretty sharply in order to move their now what we would term excessive inventory levels. Okay, so it's been sales or or bargains for consumers, I guess. Uh, Another interesting uh, 
piece of news today. Tech company Nearmap, it's received a $1.1 billion takeover offer. Given that the whole tech sector has been battered recently as interest rates rise, do you see this as part of uh, some major consolidation happening in the sector now? I really don't. Uh, the, the sector was on outrageous, what I would term outrageous valuation multiples coming into this mini tech rec styled correction. And those valuations have now nearly moved back into a seriously optimistically exuberant range. Now the valuations have once again widened back out and I find it hard to see why other buyers, via M&A, mergers and acquisitions, would, would be interested. Uh, the US tech giants, Amazon, Google, Apple, they can all justify their high valuations. Those found on the ASX have a, a much harder time of doing so, I think. And finally, in this environment, getting some tips from you, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Well, we see very good value in the insurance companies at the moment, which have benefited from higher interest rates and will continue to do so. We, to a lesser degree, see that same investment rationale for the banks as net interest margins expand as rates rise over time. And I, I say that very selectively because there is one bank amongst the big four that we think is very overvalued. The telecommunications sector likewise looks pretty good to us with ARPU's rising, that's average revenues per user rising, the mobile subscriber numbers increasing as well. But the key bit for us is that those earning streams aren't strongly linked to the underlying economic cycle, which is what makes them attractive to us. And so generally speaking, we are hunkered down uh, given our concerns about the health of the consumer and the sustainability of the commodity cycle in the face of higher interest rates. And we're staying with what we would term the intermediate range of quality companies, the sort of tier two of quality, if you will, where the business models are sound, but the valuations are much, much cheaper. David Berthland-Jones there from Aquitas Investment Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.